0: Father, thank you for tonight. We just, we just thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for wisdom and revelation and illumination. And uh, we just want to walk in all your wisdom and we want to walk in all your truths. And, and so we thank you for, for leading and guiding in, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. Um, I want to leave a lot, of, a lot of time at the end for you guys to question, to ask questions or whatever, get clarification. Um, Because I know Pastor Lori is always, always, always telling me, Lenny, just stay in your lane. You don't have to worry about correcting, you know, other people. You know, they have their own message. They have their own lane, you know, and it might not be yours. So you just stay in yours. And uh, the, the challenge with me is, and I was talking to Abigail with, about this before is that I'm just so passionate for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just so passionate and it's not really, it's just in my passion for the grace, the gospel of grace, the true gospel of grace and I just want any, everybody to know it because it just brings so much freedom, it really freedom and there is a total absence of, of guilt, of shame, of condemnation there's a total absence of striving and toiling and trying and and any kind of necessary performance in order to get what the bible says we've already been qualified to receive by god the father himself because of just faith in jesus christ and and yet you hear you hear the mixture you know sometimes we don't I don't know. Some maybe possibly sometimes we we hear it so much we don't even uh, um we don't even identify it. The mixture, you know, even the the covenant of law we, sometimes we just don't we don't even realize it because it's it's prevalent everywhere and it's it's 90 90 to 95% of the church especially in the United States adhere to either full legalism or or, or some type of mixture, and um, I just, you know, I look at the Apostle Paul, Not then I'm comparing myself with him. I'm just comparing myself to the fact that he has such a love for the gospel and a love, for instance, for the nation of Israel, that at one time I believe he makes the statement that he would give his own life if it meant Israel would come to receive, you know, this this revelation And uh, I I told Abby I said I would never go that far I ain't never going to go that far I mean like because I don't I don't even know what Paul was meaning fully When he said that Paul do you know you realize You're talking about an eternity somewhere else Rather than an eternity with Jesus I mean I, I don't But that's how much he loved Israel I mean, I mean this is how much I love people I want to I want to see them free. I, I wanna see them free from the I have to's and I need to and I must not be and um it's, it's not our gospel. And um, I'm you know one of the things Lori and I stick with and, and and that is it is all it is already ours and it's it was is made already ours by God the Father simply by believing in Jesus. That's it. That's our only qualification right there. Believing in Jesus Christ, you know there's no works, no effort, no, no striving. And what you'll know when you're hearing mixture, and we talk about the tells, the tells are when you're being told you need to, you have to, you must, you have a responsibility. And uh, I mean you can't you can't find that in Paul's gospel, and you can't find that in the too good to be true gospel. But you can't find it in the New Testament. Okay, that's the challenge. What people don't realize is that New Testament, and this is a simple truth that if everybody just grabbed hold of this fact, not you guys, because I believe you guys are have grab, grabbed hold of it, that simple fact, New Testament doesn't equal New Covenant. It doesn't. And so many people think that Old Testament is the Old Covenant. Well, the Old Testament contained the Old Covenant. You know, it did. It it, it contained other covenants. The Noahic Covenant, the Abrahamic Covenant, the Davidic Covenant, you know, the Vassal Covenant, the Covenant of Law, you know. But they just say Old Testament, Old Covenant. New Testament, New Covenant. And it's not true because, you know, for the first, what I am finding myself gravitating more and more to was that there was a a, a mingling and a mixture of the covenants until one was completely done away with. And, you know, what I'm being more and more led to believe is that took place in AD 70. When Jerusalem was sieged by the Romans, when the whole city was leveled, and the whole of, of, um, you know, the temple was just decimated. Not one rock was standing on another. And at that point in time, there's no more temple. There's no more sacrifice. There's no more Levitical records of Levitical priests. And it was gone. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 13. That which is becoming obsolete will soon vanish. And people don't understand that you know again same thing with the old testament the old testament books aren't put in chronological order i know you guys know that by now it's not in chronological order and so so sometimes things are misleading where you you read a supposedly a prophetic book and it's coming after it the prophecy the prophetic book comes after chronologically not not chronologically but in the way it's listed in our bibles it comes after the period it it's it's talking about so a lot of times it's talking about a prophecy that already took place, you know, but it's just not in chronological order. I don't know if that makes sense, okay? And, uh, and so we don't understand that about the New Testament and many times Jesus, see, this is it, this is it. Pastor Lenny, it's written in red. Are you talking about even what's written in red? Yes, I'm talking about even what's written in red. Because Jesus is addressing people underneath the Old Covenant. He's addressing them according to the covenant. And at times, you'll see Jesus addressing them in grace. For instance, the only reason why Jesus healed everybody. You know, do you understand that they were under the covenant of law? Okay, so, if they were under the covenant of law, the covenant of law was a do-it-yourself covenant, uh, do-it-yourself system, where God said, "If you do this, then I will do this. If you obey me, if you obey my commands, if you hearken diligently and you don't stray to blah blah blah, right? Then I will, and we have the blessings. But if you don't, then we have the curses. Well, if they're not adhering to the law and they're living in the curses, and and we know you read it. From chapter from verse 15 of, of, of Deuteronomy chapter 28 through verse 64 are the curses and you can see that they're living in them right they're living in they're living with leprosy you know they're they're, they're living with uh, blindness they're li- they're living with you know um, um I don't know what you want to call it the lady hunched over you know um, scoliosis severe scoliosis I mean they're just living with everything they're living within the curses. So now how could Jesus come without them fulfilling the law, without them doing their part and healing them? He's breaking covenant. I I can never understand that. How could Jesus break covenant? Well, because the law came by Moses and grace came by Jesus Christ. And grace is, for by grace are you saved through faith. And we know that saved means healed and whole and made well. So you're healed and you're made whole and you're you're made well, right? Saved by, through faith, faith. And so then you read in, in Galatians chapter three and you find out, wow, the Abrahamic covenant was a covenant of faith. God wanted his people to totally remain and dwell and stay in that covenant, but they wanted another one. But Paul goes on to say, and I'm grateful because I had a God, how could you break covenant and heal people when they were still under the covenant of law? Because Paul said, the covenant of law that came right years many years after did not did not nullify did not nullify the covenant of promise so even though there was the covenant of law God still honored faith so when people heard the message about Jesus when they heard the message about grace and they responded in faith then God was able, Jesus was able to bring healing because the law never nullified faith. Now, I understand that too, to be true today. You say, there's lots of churches that are in legalism and they're in mixture. And so do you say to yourself, well, you know, but but at times they have miracles and sometimes they have a lot of miracles. Well, why? If they're under the law, if they're living in mixture, why? Because God always responds to faith. For by grace are we saved. And so if a message goes out, and as that message goes out and they're hearing it, and it produces faith. Well, that faith is pleasing to God, right? They're responding to the gospel in faith. And so now God is able to supersede the covenant of law because the covenant of grace is greater and and and, and he's able to heal. He didn't violate his covenant. He stayed within his covenant. And Jesus didn't violate the covenant of God. He stayed within God's original intent, original covenant, and that is you know, righteousness through believing, you know, righteousness through belief, by faith, faith. And that's the only reason why he was able to heal all those people. Because they came to him after hearing. Faith comes by hearing. They, they heard. And, and faith produced, uh, and hearing, you know, caused faith to spring up. And they came in faith. And so grace was able to now heal, even though they weren't meeting the requirements of the law. So that still happens today. Okay? Thank God. I mean, even though I was in a legalistic church and I didn't know this this, this teaching, uh, you know, New Testament doesn't equal New Covenant, you know, New Covenant. There was, one ta- there was one time, there was only one time in 37 years, one time where we actually seen the miraculous healing. And it was my wife. She had... Um, was it Steven or Allison, where you couldn't stop hemorrhaging? Allison. Allison? Laurie couldn't not stop hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging. And repeated, doctors, 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 doctors. I think you've been, you were cauterized? I went to the emergency room. Emergency room, cauterized, couldn't stop it. Couldn't stop it, couldn't stop it. Couldn't stop it bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. And um, one day I was just, you know, I, and of course I knew, you know, sickness unto death, sickness unto chastisement, sickness unto the glory of God. Sickness under character building. You know, that was it. And so I was like, all right, well, Lord, Lord, I hope Lori learns her lesson quickly, you know, or Lord, I hope whatever. I didn't believe it was a sickness under death, you know, so it had to be one of the other ones. She needs character in her life. Okay, I hope that character gets built quick. or And, you know, all that's in the Bible. You can find it in the Bible under different covenants, covenants, different times, different people. But anyway, I'm laying upstairs in my bed, and I'm just reading and I'm reading the story from, from Mark, and it just happens to come to the woman with the hemorrhage. And, and, it, and it says that, it, I read where it says, if she but touched the hem of his garment, you know, she said, if I just touched the hem of his garment, I, I know I'll be saved, I'll be healed, whatever. And um, so I'm laying there, and all of a sudden, clear as bell, the Holy Spirit said, get up, go downstairs, Put your hand on your, on your wife's head and command the healing. And I'm like, okay. And I could have said, yeah, no, but no, it's either under death or under this. Or, you know what I'm saying? But I responded to the voice. The voice told me what to do. And I responded to the voice and I went to my wife and I, I did what the voice told me to do. And her bleeding dried up. Now, I should have learned something there, but I didn't because I got right back into, you know, the reasons why people are sick. Rather than stumbling across, listening, hearing, responding, faith, right? Faith. And so that's what happens today. I know I had a conversation, a text conversation with with Evelyn, and she was asking me what, what I meant by, you know, you know, even in some churches that are legalistic or mixture, you know, how God can move. And this is why, because at times something is heard, all right, and faith is stirred. And as they respond to, to what they heard, faith, then the miracle could take place, you know, and that could happen at any time. It, it, like I said, for 37 years, and in this church, it didn't happen very often. In fact, we would give testimony. This is, this is sad when you think about it. But Lori will tell you, this is the fact, we would give testimony in our sickness or over our sickness or about our sickness as if it was bringing us into a holier place or a better place before God, you know, especially we're suffering, we're suffering, we're suffering, you know. And and Lori, you know, she was involved in a church, in a school, and it was run by Christians. Christians, okay, we won't say what denominator, but Christians, right? And it seemed that every, every day they got together in prayer, it was, oh, dance back, and oh, and 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 hit my knee, and oh, you know, and, and Lori would go there, and she would, feel, she would feel bad. You know why she would feel bad? Because she didn't have something to praise God over, some ailment, some sickness, you know, that she was going through. And so one day... I forget what happened, something happened. And she went to school knowing, Yes, now when it's my turn, I have something bad to share, you know, and they're gonna and but that's kind of the ment the mentality. So it's simple. New testament doesn't equal new covenant. And now if you've been listening to me, you've heard me give testimony about James. And about all of a sudden becoming the head of the church, and 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 how he was definitely promoting faith in Jesus Christ. Yes, okay, but zealousness for the law of Moses. Both are needed, and that's the message you hear today. You need, you have to, you must. Thank God, Paul came along and said, "Well, listen, listen, guys." you want to give that to the jews you keep giving that to the jews but i'm not going to give it to the gentiles and you just tell me one thing you just not going to make you're not going to make these gentiles come under this bondage and these laws and this, this 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 these rules and governing principles that we couldn't even keep and they said okay we won't thank you paul would have been very happy if we would have never ever known what the law was you know so so you got to, understand that simple truth. Diane, you understand that simple truth. You got to know it. Okay. And uh and, and and no matter what you're listening to or who you're listening to, well, not all the time. There are some real good grace people out there who remove any kind of toiling and and remove any kind of work and and it's all Jesus. There there are we're in a minority, but they're there. But even so-called grace people, yeah, they might be moving in more grace, or uh, not more grace, because we're all we all even even in mixture, we all have the same grace as appeared to all men. The all the same grace is living in all men, but when they teach, they still teach from that make that place of mixture. And I know Abby is going to be, and 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 Nina, and I know my wife were very happy. They were very excited. That even this past Saturday, when somebody we love very much spoke, okay, I didn't say anything when, when he was done. I, I just forget. No. But I was happy because the, the fan and the flame, right, that's burning inside me was just s- stoked some more. You know, keep sharing the message. Keep sharing the truth. Keep removing removing the you need to's and you have to's and you must and and because right away, right away the tells were there. see you you we need to. you need to. Now we have a responsibility and what was even worse Abigail, Nina what was even worse now this is a different group here, okay? You know, hopefully you guys adhere to this or you believe in this. This is why you're subjecting yourself to to this. Okay. I love you guys. Thank you. Because I love to teach. He even went as far as reaching back to the law of the lepers and placing the law of the lepers and relating it now to the life of the believers. And he used a scripture from Hebrews that talked about In times past, God spoke to us in types and shadows. And so here in this law is a type and a shadow for us to realize and live in today. Am I right or am I wrong, Abigail? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Types and shadows was only representative of Jesus. Jesus... All these things were types and shadows about Jesus. And now, when Jesus came, the fullness of the message was displayed. And now, as far as any kind of law, law of the leper, law of the feasts of tabernacles, law of this and that, Colossians chapter one, no, Colossians chapter two makes it perfectly clear. He took out the ordinances, the laws. Big Ten ceremonial that were against us, that were contrary to us, he obliterating them, obliterating them and canceled them out, nailing them to the cross. So as far as Jesus is concerned and God the Father, there are no more laws, ceremonial, Big Ten that are against us or can be used against us or are contrary, they're gone. And when Paul said, stand therefore, In the liberty where which Christ has made you free. You know, I I never knew what those words meant in the Greek. But don't take Pastor Lenny's word for it. Look it up. It's very easy. Strong concordance. uh, Vine's expository dictionary to New Testament words. You will find that he is talking about moral laws and ceremonial laws. And the wording that he's used signifies that not only do they stand against us anymore, but we are no longer, we are no longer living in any kind of liability to them. That means don't have to be kept. Don't keep them, stand in your liberty, stay strong, don't become yoked, you know, don't come become enslaved to a yoke of bondage. So I've been, you know, I'm 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 pumped because. On YouTube, I hope you guys are following me on YouTube because I'm doing a series right now on the fruits of righteousness. That to, the one that comes out tomorrow morning on Facebook and and it comes out Friday on on um, on YouTube. Pastor Lori and I are doing it. I mean, I can hardly contain myself because I'm going through these words that Paul is using and what it really means and it's fruit of our righteousness and it's just it's just awesome. So you know, I hope I hope you're listening listening to them. But um, as I'm Sharing to with you and you look on there. It's now almost at 340 followers That is nothing compared to some people. Do you understand? That is nothing. That's that's minuscule But the the thing about it is six weeks ago was only it was only 18 it, it, Or you know, it was it wasn't even it was under 20. It might have been under 10. I'm not sure But in a matter of six weeks, it's gone from 18 to 300 and 340 and um and and all the messages Lord, Pastor Laurie and I are getting back i mean people are telling us we're in tears we're crying we've been looking for this message for years and years and years we've been in bondage for years and years and years it's finally a preacher is is is, realize, is 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 really preaching the truth and and giving the truth and 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 guilt shame condemnation is is just disappearing and and now I know I'm fully qualified. And now I'm resting. And now I'm believing God has loved me. And and I, it's it's just oh my gosh, it just. And you know me. They Pastor, can I call you? Pastor, can I? Yes. And and Pastor Lori will tell you she's on there. She'll go, yeah. Every t- every she's I'm always on the phone with her. I don't care. I'm that. Lord, I'll talk to them. If no one else, I'll talk to them. I'll call them. They can call me. And I just, I just love it. I see, I love people getting freed. My favorite one is Vera from England. Um, I'm just, I, I, just, I just love this message so much. And now because of it, I don't know if you guys have seen Healing Journeys today with, uh, with me and um, Julianne Hartman on Healing Journeys today. Uh, she, she, she said, can I interview you? I've interviewed your, your daughter. I interviewed your wife. How about you? I said, Sure. So she interviewed me, and it was supposed to be like a thirty minute interview, you know. And perhaps you know if there was more to share, she would do a part two. Well, guess what? It turned thirty minutes turned into two hours, and um, and the first interview really wasn't really you know my my healing journey. It was just for some reason she'd ask a question, and it just. It just turned into preaching. It just turned and I said to her, Oh, Mary, uh, uh Julianne, I'm sorry. I, I you know what she said, no, keep going. Kiss us keep going. And you know what? Because so many people we get caught in a zone and we don't even know we're in a zone. We don't even know. And 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 so, you know, from that. You know, I'm looking at how I, I I said to myself, Lord, I don't even I don't even care how many people are looking at it, but I know there's there's going to be several thousand, and and then it's going to give us more uh, on on YouTube, but and then in April, you know, April, I'm going to um, I'll be the guest the guest teacher for the entire month. For the entire month of April, they're bringing me on because they have their regulars, but then they bring in extra. You know, a a certain teacher. They're bringing me in for the month of April, and you know what I'm going to preach. You know what I'm going to teach. Julianne already knows. She said yes, 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 yes. You know, and so God's getting the message out slowly but surely. I thank I'm thankful for Him because I've been waiting for this for the longest time, and He's getting it out. You know, and I'm just it's and and I expect Him putting you guys on the spot. Paul, Timothy, teach them. Help them find, you know, other abled men that they can teach to get this message out. And you're the abled men. And I want you and I expect you to teach these principles to other people. God will show you the ones that are ready to hear it, that are ready to listen. He will show you the ones. They are out there. All right? And so, oh, and there, oh, Diane... Um, Abby, Nina, Evelyn, I I know they, but listen, listen, even Karis in the summer, okay, there's summer school every other week, there's summer school, so like six sessions, okay. And they have asked me if I will do live streams for summer school. So, what are they gonna get? I'm sorry they're going to get the true gospel of grace. And the thing about it is, okay, when I give my true gospel of grace, I'm going to quote Andrew Womack and I'm going to quote Barry Bennett because I listen to where they share and they're sharing from the gospel of grace, not from the mixture. So I am going to quote them Verbatim from when they use the too good, too good to be true gospel of grace, and uh, so Pastor Lenny will be one hundred percent safe, and I'm going to be able to to quote Barry Bennett. Barry's changing, okay. Barry is changing, and um, he came to Beacon to teach, right? Him and I talk, him and I talk, and we go back and forth about sowing and reaping. We have gone back and forth about sowing and reaping for years. Okay? And I have told him for years, I believe in sowing and reaping, but I believe God sowed his son, and now we reap all the benefits. We don't have to sow what God sowed Jesus for in order to reap the benefits. That God has for us because he sowed Jesus. Jesus was sown in poverty so I could be rich. So I don't have to sow anything in order to get from God. Okay? Because God sowed Jesus. He sowed him in sin. I reap his righteousness. He sowed sickness. I reap healing. He sowed poverty. I reap financial blessing. God did the sowing. Now I can do the reaping. Period this is not sowing and reaping i have to sow in order no i believe and I, I believe in the law of sowing and reaping i believe in the law of sowing and reaping this is why guys healing is yours this is why financial prosperity is yours you know this is why blessed relationship is yours this this is this is why the finished work all the, it's yours why because god sowed jesus in those things So now you could reap the fullness of life. You can reap the reward. You can reap the blessing. All the sowing was done by God. So I've been going back and forth. Oh, yeah, but. So when he came to our church, I know, Diane, you weren't there. Abby wasn't there. Evelyn wasn't there. But Nina was there. Lori was there. He said, from the pulpit, and I have it on video, I suppose that we simply reap because Jesus sowed. Yes! Please stay there! Because that takes everything off, people. Maybe I haven't done enough. Maybe I haven't given enough. Maybe I haven't sown enough. But Jesus has. And now, I can reap. And this is why God has qualified us to qualify for our great inheritance because of faith in Jesus Christ. Because He accomplished all, He did it all. Now, what does this have to do with with revelation? It has a whole lot. Okay? Because this revelation of grace, although it's it's it sounds new to a lot of people, and a lot of people have accused me of of, of preaching a false gospel. I have been uh, I have been identified as someone to stay away with, as uh, stay away from, because he's not preaching a, the right, a true gospel, you know. And uh, why? Because of mindsets and belief systems that have been developed, you know. And when it comes to revelation, the, these mindsets and belief systems continue. Are uh, okay for thirty-seven years or whatever. Pastor Laurie and I had certain mindsets and a belief systems. Why? Because we didn't know anything be- any better. We got saved. We started going to this church. We were learning the Bible from the pastor, but the pastor had this point of view because his denomination had this point of view, and he taught his point of view, and so it became our point of view. Do we know why? Yes, because the pastor taught us. You know, um, and, and 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 so twenty years, thirty. This has become our our fixation this and this is the same thing you're going to find out with people that's why you need to say holy spirit lead me to the ones who will be open to the revelation and the illumination so i mean i still talk to people i've talked to some 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 some, some uh educators from from Karis who tell me i don't see any significance of ad 70 i'm like oh okay all right I don't see any significance to Hebrews chapter eight verse thirteen, where it says, "That which has become obsolete will one will soon vanish." Ad's, you know, what well, they don't see it. Why don't they don't? Why don't they see it? They haven't got revelation. I don't know how I got revelation from it either. You know, I just don't. All I know is one day I was in a church service, and Brian Simmons was preaching. You know who Brian Simmons is? Everybody knows who Brian Simmons is he authored the passion translation okay and passion and and the passion translation Brian Simmons believed in AD 70 in the fall of AD 70 and he believes in a um an early dating for the writing of the book of revelation because it had to come before AD 70 if 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 if, if what he's talking about was pictures of what was to happen in the near future AD 70 right and not in our near future, then the gospel, uh, then the book of Revelation had to be written prior to AD seventy, and so he's teaching on this, and he's given all his historical documentation and whatnot, and and he just said something, and, and and the Holy Spirit just clicked something in me. It just, and I started seeing things differently. Now, you know, here's something I want to tell you, right, and I. I hope you know I hope you understand this the Bible is an amazing work okay although written by I don't know how many different authors you guys probably know better than I do 40 I don't know I fell asleep during Old Testament survey in, in, at Garrison and I forgot how many authors And if you offered me a million dollars I couldn't recite the, the books in order <laughs> certainly couldn't spell them Okay, but what was I just saying, Lori? The Bible. Huh? What was the I just Bible. saying? You we were talking oh, about the Bible. the Bible will explain itself. The Bible will is its best commentary, you know? And sometimes we get it as teachers, and sometimes we don't get it as teachers. For instance, if... We want to prove what Paul's thorn in the flesh is, and we don't want it to be sickness, okay? Like Barry Bennett teaches about Paul's thorn in the flesh, how he goes back into Scripture and shows how that phrase and that wording was always depicting, you know, people and things and sources that would rise up against you. For instance, he went back and he said about the people of Israel, you know, if you don't take care of them, then they will become a thorn in your side. Remember that? Abby? Remember that, Abby? You know you don't. Do you really? You do? Okay. Diane, you remember that from Barry's teaching? Yeah, you do. And and he recited it from certain certain other portions of scripture throughout the old testament where it was referred to by god where if you don't take care of this it will remain a thorn in your side a thorn in so now when we get to paul and he's saying you know i asked you to the thorn in my flesh so now we know paul was not talking about a sickness or a disease especially if you read it in context he's talking about the judaizers right who were following him who were coming after him? Who, he, you know, whatever. Who, who were, who were all his persecution? They became a thorn in the flesh, and and Paul asked God to remove this thorn three times. Okay, so now because of Scripture, we're able to understand this terminology, and it helps us to determine and 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 and, and hermeneutically correct, surmise that Paul. Was not talking about some sickness that he was afflicted with that God wouldn't remove, and God told him, "My grace is sufficient," because many people within the body of Christ believe that it was a sickness that one is in an illness, instead of letting the word of God reveal itself. And so, when we're studying the book of of, of Revelation, because it's going to go fast after after this and maybe one other it's going to go fast. We're going to get into the seven messages with the seven churches and what that really is and what that really talks about. But then you're able to now go into the scriptures and 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 when the apostles say to Jesus, you know, look at these beautiful buildings and Jesus says, "Yes, but one not one stone will be left on top of another." Okay? And then they go to Jesus and say, "Jesus, when is this going to take place?" And Jesus lets them know, and they full well understood what he was talking about. They knew it was referring to them, their generation, and their time. Last of days, end of the age, AD 70, last of the days, last of the age, last of the, day, the age of law. They knew he was talking about something that they would be witness to and that they would see, you know, rumors of wars, okay? Pray not that you're, in, you're, you're, you're with child and in those days, you, you know, you're fleeing. And, 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 and then you have to understand, he makes a statement. Um, Until heaven and earth pass away, My word, or this word, he's talking about the law, shall not pass away. So you have to, you have to, I never, I never questioned it. I never said, well, Lord, wait a second. Heaven and earth have not passed away. You know, we heard about new heavens and new earth, okay? Well, okay, well, this heaven and this earth has not passed away. So if this heaven and this earth hasn't passed away, well, Paul says that that the law has been obliterated, has been nailed to the cross. It's been obliterated, right? Paul says, liber- "Stand in liberty by which Christ has made you free." Okay, no law. Lo- Wait a second. If it's not to pass away, if it's not to be obliterated, then that means we should still be adhering to the six hundred thirteen and the Big Ten. And surely Christ didn't obliterate it. So now you you see as you start looking at the Bible, you start understanding. This you know what's amazing to me is if you look at the last days or end of days, and you look at end of age, just you're going to see it throughout the Scriptures. You'll see it in Acts. You, you'll see it in Peter's writings. You, you'll see it, you know, in in all through Paul's writings. And so what were they talking about? Last days, end of days, end of times, whatever. They had to be referring to something that the listener was listening to that he understood that was relevant to him. Simple hermeneutics. Simple hermeneutics. So now I gave you guys notes. I don't know if we went over this. If we did, please forgive me. But I wanted to look at, again, as we're looking in Revelation and starting it, listen, it's a big book. And if we understand the beginning, we're going to understand the the middle and the end. But did we go over Revelation 1-7 in detail where it says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye will see him, and they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, come. Even so, amen, depending upon what um, translation you have. So now, I'll be honest with you. As, as in, in my day, when we studied Revelation, and as we were listening to this, it was taught you know we were taught that this is talking about of course the futuristic approach where where John is getting this revelation and it's to us in the future where he's telling you know Jesus is telling us I'm going to come back the second coming and because of that i got saved in 1977 i don't know if i'm i'm the longest standing christian here 1977 i don't know What about it, Evie? Huh? What about it, Evelyn? What year? Nineteen seventy-three. Ah, you got me beat by four years. Okay. (laughs) All right. But since 1977, maybe uh, Evelyn from 1973, I am going to tell you this. There was a prophecy after a prophecy after a prophecy after a prophecy. This is when... The book came out, the late, great planet Earth that really sent everybody for through a tizzy. And all the Left Behind series came out. You know, because all the prophecies, all the prophecies, all the prophecies, everything that was happening. See, this is in Revelation. See, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. And some even pinpointed it to, you know, when this happens, you know, 1984, the Jupiter effect. You know, 2000, Y2K, I mean recently, three years ago, the blood moon, when the blood moons are lining up, uh, I mean, and on and on and on and on and on. It, it just kept happening. There was one book that, was, that, that nailed it down to a certain specific day and time that it said many Christians in, during that day, I, I think it was 1988, I'm not sure, sold their houses and sold and, and quit their jobs because they were certain on September you know, 11th of 1988, Jesus was coming back. I think they've kind of stopped that now. I was listening to 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 Flashpoint, and I was listening to what the so called prophets were saying, and none of them were, none of them were saying, you know. I, I remember. I don't know if Evelyn, if you ever heard this. I don't know if anybody else ever heard this, but they were getting excited excited about the Battle of Armageddon. You know, it's getting ready. It's going to happen, and we're going to be raptured. We're going to be taken out because the armies, uh, the the Russian armies, are going to line up against, come against Israel. The battle in the Battle of Armageddon, and God is going to come in and swoop down, and 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 it's going to be so massive of a defeat. And then it said, uh, you know, the burning fires, whatever. They were going to be burning their weapons, burning whatever. And and what they what they said back then was was true. They said, "How can the Russian weapons be burned? How can they be burned? How can you burn metal?" And then they discovered, "Wait a second! The Russian AK forty seven was made of wood. It was. Do you remember this, Abel? It was made of wood. So you take all the soldiers, all the weaponry." And this defeat is going to be so big, they're going to be just burning their wet Burn it. And they were made of wood. Okay. Well, guess what? The Russian AK-47 is no longer made of wood. So, they can't burn it anymore. You know? But, but I'm just saying, these are things that would... Boom. Prove it. Prove it. Prove it. So... Now, going back to what I just shared about letting the word, you know, just talk about itself. So when we look at that verse seven, behold, he cometh with clouds. All right. Christ, uh, he cometh, Christ coming, Christ cometh. So I have there the expression coming the Lord is used in many contexts that do not appear to be referring to a second coming. Similar phrases, similar listing, similar language, and then he uses. It's it's cited here, Revelation chapter two five. You guys probably didn't have time to look them up, but I want you to look them up. When we're done, look them up, find out. Revelation two five, Revelation three twenty, Deuteronomy chapter thirty three verse two, Isaiah Isaiah chapter nineteen verse one. This is amazing. Let me look at Isaiah chapter nineteen verse one. Well, that's just a bummer. He's gonna put this to the test, Isaiah, chapter nineteen, verse one. Behold, the Lord rideth upon a swift cloud. You see what I'm saying? Be- behold, the Lord rideth. Behold, the Lord cometh on a cloud. He shall come into Egypt, and the idols of Egypt shall be moved at his presence, and the heart of Egypt shall melt in the midst of it. Okay, it's a figure, figure of speech. It's something that, it's something that John was very familiar with. And so were the Jewish readers. It was something they were f- very familiar with. Now, we read it. He's, he's coming. Listen, if I'm 100% wrong, which I can be, and, and he's coming, and he's coming for his bride, I'm going to be in that group, okay? Because now I know that there's nothing I can do to ready myself and make myself any more righteous than I already am, right? Because Romans chapter 9, verse 30, Paul talks about me and you. He talks about the Gentiles who weren't looking to be righteous, weren't striving after righteousness, weren't trying to be righteous, weren't working to be righteous, didn't even care about being righteous. But they achieved righteousness, not only righteousness, but the very righteousness of God, because of faith in Jesus Christ. There you go. We're righteous. We're as holy and righteous as we're ever gonna be. So if this is all wrong, and the and it's all and and you know, they're right. We're going. And you know what's exciting about that? That that message is used a lot of time. A lot of times it listen, if the rapture comes. I'm going. I don't know about you. I'm going. You're not going to want to be here. I'm going. And you know what? I don't need, you know, if you're not saved, you better give your heart to God because you don't want to go through That's a big, It's a big preaching point to get people into the kingdom of God, to turn and burn, you know, tactic, the scare tactic. I like the love t- tactic better. What about you, Pastor Lori? Definitely. You like the, you like the love Tactic better, me too. Yes. For the grace of God appeared that brings salvation to all men. With his great mercy and his great love, he brought salvation, washing, and regeneration of the Holy Spirit. I'm going Paul's way. All right, anyway, coming, coming. So, uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 19, verse 1, Zechariah 1 16, Malachi 3, verses 1 through 2, Matthew chapter 10, verse 23. Now, you have to understand that when John was writing this, he didn't have Matthew, Mark and Luke to refer to, okay? He you know, he didn't have Paul Paul's writings to refer to. We do, okay? But he didn't have that. So what did he have to refer to? He had Malachi, he had he had Deuteronomy, he had Isaiah, he had Zechariah. They were very he was very well familiar. And so would his listeners be or those that would read his letter. Does that make sense? I don't know. These people think I'm crazy. Yeah, not so. Okay, so now with clouds, that was Christ coming. Uh, now with clouds, the stick, the specific language of the Lord coming with clouds is used in the Old Testament with reference to historic judgments, not associated with the end of the world, and may so and may be so understood here as well. Again, Isaiah 19, 1 is used again. Psalm 104, verse 3. All right? So what was spoken about of the coming Lord, the coming Lord, the coming Lord, the Lord didn't come back, but his judgments came upon that nation or upon, upon that people that it was being spoken about. And so here again, John's readers, John's listeners, they understand that what was being told them. He cometh with clouds. All right? Now it says, every eye will see him and also the eyes of those who pierced him. I mean, that can only mean one thing, I, I think. Looking back now, okay? So now here's the thing. If you are of the futurists, which where I was being taught from, and where it says, um, even those who pierce him, the way that that was uh, interpreted was, Diane, you know, every time you disobey the Lord, you pierce his heart. Yeah. Ah, you're agreeing with me, Evelyn, huh? You see, every time they reject this gospel message, they're pierced. Can I say something? Yeah. Go ahead. What? Can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. This is for you guys. Uh, so I was about to send you, but I'm gonna wait till later. This is uh, such a frustration because this is everything you're talking about is what I'm hearing. Locally is uh, the refiner's fire. He's purifying his bride, and you when you you offend. The father and i'm thinking to myself if if the father was not offended by his wayward son there's nothing i can do to offend my father amen he's unoffendable amen amen this is why it's so important the lord gave me that revelation where you know and i'm sure he, he's the same thing with all of you but when jesus when paul said rightly divide the word of truth And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, Jesus himself taught us how to rightly divide grace from law. And it was the entire chapter of Luke chapter 15 about the sheep, about the coin, and about the son. If what they're preaching does not line up with that chapter, it is not the gospel of grace and it's not the truth. And you know, you have to look at what, for instance, and I know you know this, but I'm giving you some, some good fuel. John chapter 17, Jesus is praying to God, and and he lets God know, Father, the the glory you've bestowed upon me, I've bestowed upon them. And when you dive in and find out what the word glory means, it's a beautiful word, but part of it means the same view and opinion. So Jesus is saying, the view and opinion you have of me, right, I've passed on to them. And then when you go to Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 30, he says, God called us, and when he called us, we respond, right? We say, yes, Lord. Then he justifies us. He made us righteous. And as he made us righteous, he glorified us. So, so there it's going. Once we say yes to Jesus, when we say yes to the groom, when the bride says yes to the groom on that day, when we become born again, we become glorified. We can't become any more glorified than we are. You know, it's just amazing. Go ahead, Diane. Sure. Um. When you were talking about back in the revelation verse, every time you looked at him, what does it say here? He says, "They also which pierced him." So, what do you think that means? Because I started to write it, and we're gonna go. We're gonna go right here. We're gonna. Oh, so we're still. I didn't miss it. Yeah, no, you didn't miss it. So, so we're going back to to that. (laughs) Now, if, if, if it's futuristic, then it's like, what does that mean? And like what Evelyn was just sharing, whenever you displease Daddy, whenever you. You're piercing his heart, you're piercing his heart, you're piercing his heart. Well, my Bible says sins and iniquities he remembers no more. He doesn't even see it anymore. Why? Because he established us in righteousness in Jesus Christ. And now when he looks at us, he looks at us with the same view and opinion that he has of Jesus. I mean, what did they do with these verses, you know? This is why I say the Bible will interpret itself. So it's saying here, Jesus placed the time of his coming with the clouds within the lifetime of his contemporaries. Matthew chapter 16, verse 28. Matthew, and I have these there, beautiful script. 24, verse 30, verse 34, chapter 26, verse 64. This would allow one to understand they who pierced him as the actual generation that crucified Jesus Christ. What would be the natural understanding to the literalist? In agreement with this suggestion, we find the coming of the Lord is announced elsewhere in Revelation to the impending at the time of its writing. Revelation chapter 311 and Revelation chapter 22 and 20. So if you adhere to AD 70, let's just say, unlike some of the people we know, it does have revelance. It had tremendous revelance, okay? And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. I don't know, Evelyn, maybe you've heard this and you can confirm this, but one of the things we heard were that the nation of Israel were getting ready for animal sacrifice again, you know, raising sheep in big numbers, you know, because they were again going to do the blood sacrifices and whatnot and construct the temple, Okay, well, if this is true, then none of this can take place. The abomination of desolation that Revelation is talking about, that I believe happened in AD 70, okay? You're telling me it's going to happen in the future. Well, that can't happen unless Israel reconstructs a temple. And if if Israel reconstructs a temple, okay, this is the most significant part about that. They can't build it in another area. It has to be built in the same area that Solomon's temple was built, that Herod's temple was built, you know? It has to be built upon the same ground. So in order for that to happen right now, they would have to demolish the Dome of the Rock, Mecca, the Holy of Holies, to the Muslims. Number one, excuse me, I don't, I don't, I don't, Believe we could ever see that happening, number number one. But number two, even if it was okay, these things in the Revelation, especially about the church, whatever abomination, they can't take place unless the temple is built. So we have that has to take, and it has it. You follow what I'm saying? And they were getting so excited. You know, the rabbinical priesthood. There is no more rabbinical priesthood. All the records were lost. But I don't know where that came from. But we would hear it in our churches, and we'd say, "Yes, Jesus is coming back. It can happen any day now." Yes, they're getting ready for animal sacrifice again. That system, Book of Hebrews, by God through Jesus Christ, has been done away with. You know, so there you, there you go. So those who pierced Him, it means it, it could is either means in a spiritual sense or. John knew what he was talking about, who he was talking to, and they, they would know what, what, what John was talking about. Because if Jesus was was crucified in AD 33, okay, 37 years later, right, that generation would still be around, right? The generation that pierced his hands, they would still be around, you know? And so, ah, oh, okay. And then... Uh, what was the other thing there? It says and uh, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, whatever. So for that it says, the judgment of Jerusalem is implied by the expression, all the tribes of the earth, which can easily be translated, all the tribes of the land of Israel will mourn. okay And that makes per- that makes that makes perfect sense again. Because we knew they were the, twel- the, tw- the 12 tribes. We, we know that. I don't even think I could recite the 12 tribes. I know some of them, Judah, Reuben, Ish- 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 Ishikah, Simeon, Benjamin, you know, the, the half-tribes of Benjamin and Man- uh, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. Okay, so this makes sense now. The judgment of Jerusalem is implied by the expression, all the tribes of the earth, which can be translated... The same wording in the Greek, but they chose tribes of the earth instead. All the tribes of the land of Israel will mourn. The Old Testament passage which is alluded to is a prophecy concerning the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Zechariah chapter twelve, verse ten. Again, Paul, uh, uh, John's readers would know what he's talking about. So this view finds further support in the fact that Israel is divisible into tribes whereas the earth is divided into nations. So now when you just look at all that and you're letting the Bible give definition to itself, you start to see a different understanding. Now, you can't go and teach this to people, you know, especially if you're not convinced of it yet, but you can't teach people because if you would have taught me this, I'd have said, you're crazy, you're wrong, you're off your rocker. Why? Because I was fixed. I was fixed. Why I'm, 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 I'm so excited about grace now, I don't know. When my wife came with me, when she had the incurable disease, and, and I just read a few pages from, from the book, God Wants You Well, revelation and illumination just exploded within me. You know, And I was able to, I don't know, receive, not receive, I, I, I received the illumination of the truth that was before me and in front of me my whole Christian life, but I was just blinded to. And you know what? The word of God is amazing. Because I just, as I just told you that, you know what I'm reminded of? If you read 2nd Corinthians chapter 3, okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, I believe, 15, 16, or 17, Paul makes this statement whenever the law of moses is read you you can interpret this whenever the law of mixture is preached whenever the law of moses is read there remains a veil there remains a veil and so i was veiled i was really veiled but all of a sudden thank you holy spirit the veil was removed the veil was re- re- removed and, and I was able to see Jesus and I was able to see grace. And although I wasn't as firmly entrenched in, in, in the grace message I am now, at least I knew I was taken off and headed in the right direction because I still had some in me of, well, now I need to, now what do I need to do now? You know, but that started to chip away and fall away and, 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 and move away and go away. And, you know and uh, i just thank God for that so uh, next next time we get together we're jumping right into into and into into uh, revelation and i'm going to tell you right now we're going to do um, verses 12 through 16 okay revelation chapter 1 12 through 16 so get a good understanding of it and and then we're going to have we're going to go gen, gen, uh, revelation chapter 12 16 17 19 and 20. So we're going to go through verses 12 through 20 next time we get together, all right? Time flies. It's already 10 after 8. You probably want to get rid of me. I don't know. But anyway, now, any questions, any comments, any whatever, any whatever. I promise I'll be nice. Can I ask a question that it is sort of related? I guess it is related. Okay. So yesterday, I was listening to one of the ladies that I... I listen to, a little prophetess online that I do think is hearing from the Lord and she said at the end she was calling a three day fast